What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to the 73rd chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Startups as Conspiracy Theories episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Riley Quinn, Julian Fields, and Travis View. Startups, the most important human invention since the loom, a crucial part of our vibrant neoliberal economy, and in many cases, phantasmagoric exercises in mass delusion. This week, we're joined by Riley Quinn of the Trash Future podcast. He'll be examining multiple high-profile startups to see how much they share with conspiracy theories. How's it going, Riley? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, I'm interested to see if maybe um, some of the startups that I'm going to talk about later could try to start up some operations uh, with the UK government to try and improve some of its, its how it's working. Um, if you don't know, uh, Dominic Cummings, the strange bald Svengali in charge of like basically everything to do with our government uh, has recently put out a call for um, Silicon Valley style people to come and reinvent the entire civil service. So yeah. I'm concerned that I'm going to be optimized in the near future. <laughs> okay, but the market solutions will probably be the best ones. Yes. Will you be wearable is my question. <laughs> Uh, I'll be local, social, mobile, wearable, yeah. connected. Uh, but you won't want to put me on or take me off. What am I? Um, <laughs> um, um, uh, a wetsuit. The internet. Uh, sorry, sorry, you're all wrong. It turns out I'm a B2B d- in-desk massage chair scheduling solution. <laughs> So after we go through that, we'll follow the topic with a Jake story, of course, into which Riley has been drafted against his will. So I hope you're looking forward to that. It's uh, it's not so much yes. a story mm. as it is um, a platform. Of course, yes. Mm. No, we know that you love to <laughs> use euphemisms for whatever you write. It's something you found in the trash or this is the manual. No, no, to- this is definitely me. This is me. I've written it. Um, I was oh, hired to write it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. You were hired to write it? Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm glad we hired you. I've heard the story is worth over $6 billion uh, at its most recent valuation. Yeah. <laughs> potentially, potentially, yes. Um, and that is not including a past investments that we've had yeah um, and riley we're willing to cut you in for 10 percent of it i am uh, based on the valuation you gave us i'm seeking 10 billion (laughs) dollars for an exchange of four percent uh ownership uh and i would be willing to partner with more than one shark Wait, what? What? <laughs> I think he's just repeating stuff he's seen on the Financial Channel or some sort of reality <laughs> television show. Oh, oh, I don't know if you if you guys all knew this, but most of the way financial markets works is actually through the Rube Goldberg devices that Jim Cramer has in the of set course, of that yeah. CNN show. Yeah, yeah. That, that rolling egg has ruined so many families. <laughs> <laughs> that lever has caused so many people to like develop opioid addictions. <laughs> but before all that. QAnon News. First up, uh, rapper and actor Ice-T unwittingly tweets out QAnon meme. Oh, this was so this great. Was love this. Quite Ice. entertaining episode on this. Twitter. Come on the podcast, Ice. We love you. Yeah, we love you, man. Come come <laughs> talk about it. So uh, Ice-T, who is perhaps best known for his long rap career and performance on the show Law & Order SVU. Which he's ex- exceptional on, by the way. Oh, I calm down. Mm-hmm. He shared a QAnon meme on Twitter without realizing it. 
on December 30th, he tweeted out an image consisting of a cropped flaming cue overlaid with the text, never interfere with an enemy while he's in the process of destroying himself. <laughs> yeah, because he's seen what sickos can accomplish on SVU. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Duh. Along with this image, Ice-T tweeted, Daily game. Let the haters dig their own graves. Hashtag 2020. <laughs> Just incredible. <laughs> I like that, like, you know, a lot of people follow him and like him and stuff, kind of ironically. But I then will. finally you realize, oh, no, like he's, uh, you know, earnestly on the same level as a QAnon person in terms of like this kind of Sun Tzu style, yeah. like, yes. the yeah. art of war bullshit. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> this resulted in many people telling Ice-T that he is sharing a QAnon meme. Uh, for example, here is uh, David Weissman and uh, what, is, what he told Ice-T. Uh, hey, Ice-T. You are awesome, and if you want to support Trump, that's fine. But as a former Trump supporter myself, I should inform you that's a hashtag QAnon symbol, which is part of of the MAGA cult. To which Ice-T responded, I have no idea what that is. I just like the quote. Ice-T explained to another critic that, If it bums you out that I posted a quote connected to some sci-fi shit I don't even know about, (laughs) You take Twitter <laughs> way too serious. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. That's the best part of the whole thing is that he he sums up QAnon as the entire thing that people have devoted their lives for the last two and a half years to as sci-fi shit. It's the best. It doesn't get any. But that's why I love QAnon. It's sci-fi shit. Who, who, who doesn't like that? Mashable editor Brian Korber uh, further explained to Ice-T. It's not about someone liking something or not. Uh, it's the fact that you accidentally spread a QAnon conspiracy theory meme. Your celebrity status and blue check validates it regardless of how you feel about it. It's not about hating. Boring, nerd, (laughs) next. Fucking open the trap door into the flames. Get the lions out. Let's fucking go, you nerds. And here's how Ice-T responded to Brian. Eat a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Owned. Oh, man. If only we could get Ice-T telling random opinion writers uh, to eat a dick on a daily. The original tweet from Ice-T containing the QAnon meme was eventually deleted. So (laughs) maybe he got realized that wasn't so great to keep up. Probably because it's like his people. I'll bet you his like agent and manager were like, well, T, this doesn't look good. You know, you know, they think Angela Merkel's Hitler's daughter. You know, it's not a good look for us. Ice-T has had a fantastic life and a great career, but I think it's been slipping recently. He's got a lot of Twitter traction. Anyone who gets like that on Twitter who doesn't like have something that they're actively promoting. So like, I don't know, a podcast or a book or whatever. They either become Jobney's son or a Q supporter. And I'd way rather Ice-T became a Q supporter than, you know, (laughs) someone being like, it's okay to love yourself. Yeah, if he lives long enough to do an Abramovich piece, uh, he's fucked. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like Adam Baldwin could be a Q guy, but he he knows better enough than to go full out with it. Mm. I feel like he could be one. Yeah, those Baldwins and their intelligence. Second up, uh, Trump campaign official denounced. Is QAnon. So this is uh, related to the Ice-T story. Uh, as debate about QAnon was raging in Ice-T's Twitter mentions, an official with the Trump campaign chimed in to denounce QAnon. Uh, that official is Jesse Jane Duff. No. Yeah, it's a real person. Okay. No. Real name. First of all, Jesse Sorry. Jane. Jesse Jane Duff. Myth. Real. Duff, the beer in The Simpsons. <laughs> Fuck off. Not real. Nope. Extremely yeah, I was, was going to say, Americans have very strange <laughs> names. Jesse Jane Duff, huh? Jesse Jane Everyone Duff. Everyone here is called like Joe Donut or something. Yeah. <laughs> You should see what yeah. the what the young people are naming their kids now. They're going back to like Victorian era names like 
Ophelia and like um, Adeline and shit. Yeah. Like I mean, I see so many babies that are like, "Welcome, Addison Day, yeah. Barn." It's, yeah, it's okay. either it's either Victorian or it's like my kid. Uh, meet my son, Nick Saltz. As someone from the outside looking into America, who has actually spent his entire life from the outside looking into America, from Canada where I spent my childhood, or the UK where I've lived for the better part of a decade now, I've got my grand unified theory of American names that like just drowning in soy coastal elites yes they do name their children something like um you know uh, like atticus chartreuse or whatever yeah but yeah. the the next the next secretary of the interior is going to be called justin with four y's in it somehow <laughs> yeah yeah of course that's where we're heading so jesse jane duff she works on the uh, trump campaigns women for trump and veterans for trump initiatives and uh here's what she said to a QAnon follower I know we on the campaign don't support Q, and it's all bizarre nonsense for people who need to believe something. This was generated by people who have never worked in the admin, the intelligence world, or on the campaign. A follow-up tweet from Duff said this. Actually, Q has been a lot of talk, many errors, and few correct guesses. It's garbage to believe and validate. Sheesh. Yeah, very very clear. Didn't they end up with a Q Oof. in their Women for Trump video? They did, yes. There was. A, so these people are incompetent? They, yes, they're competent. Also, uh, uh, Stacey like, Dash, QAnon promoter, is on the Women for Trump initiative. So mixed signals there, mixed signals in there. Uh, a I bit. forgot about Stacey Dash. That's another celeb. Oh, also, like an, an, an anti Q person on the Trump campaign is now like what the next generation of never Trump Republicans are going to be. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Never, never Q. Yeah. MAGA, but anti Q is the new never Trump. Mm hmm. So this was like all underneath Ice-T's mention. So Ice-T inadvertently got a member of the Trump campaign to denounce QAnon. Thank you, Ice-T. So uh, members of the QAnon community weren't happy, unsurprisingly. Some even called for Duff to be fired from the campaign. <laughs> They're all adding real Donald Trump. I think, honestly, it's ugly for people to be going after people's jobs. Um, I think what the, the Q, that the Republican Party needs to be a broad church. It yeah. needs to have people who believe that there is like a global lizard pedophile conspiracy on the moon. But there also needs to be people who just believe in a small state uh, that's going to get out of your way and let you live your life. Yeah. It's like we need to bring these people together and it will take like literally entire uh, articles in the Federalist to re to reconcile these differences. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're counting on Quillette's uh, late coming to the game, but but strong presence. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If there's anyone who has the strength of mind to unite the QAnon people and the small state people who are all basically QAnon believers anyway and just waiting for a moment that they can like let their psychosis out like in the movie Venom, it's going to be Quillette magazine. For my third story, uh, QAnon follower arrested for allegedly plotting a kidnapping with other QAnon followers. <laughs> so this is a very crazy story that was yes. reported by Will Sommer for the Daily Beast. Last year, a uh, Colorado mother named Cynthia Abkug uh, Abs Again. Absug. Not a oh name. It starts, with, it starts with ABC. Absug. Not a fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, who invented? Who, okay, what are what what are American names? We have to shut down all of American naming until we <laughs> yes. know what's going on. Abcug is Absug. Not. I think it's I think it's Absug. A, I think it's Absug. Yeah, whatever. Just bug. I Cynthia think, Bug. I, I think maybe there was a typo in the original article. <laughs> no, maybe <Yeah. laughs> Cynthia Glug Glug. She's an orc. <laughs> Cynthia Glug <laughs> from the from the town of Muggleblug. <laughs> 
It was uh, Cynthia. She became involved in the QAnon community uh, following a child custody dispute with the state. Yeah. Uh, the 50-year-old's son was taken from her by uh, Colorado child welfare officials in the spring of 2019. Uh, she then appeared on QAnon shows like Patriot Soapbox and Red Pill 78 to promote her story. However... A recently unsealed arrest warrant alleges that, that Absug had plans with other armed QAnon believers to plan a kidnapping. Montana police arrested Absug in uh, Kalispell, Montana, on December 30th on felony conspiracy to commit kidnapping, uh, an arrest warrant issued in Colorado. Uh, the alleged target of the purported kidnapping is redacted in court documents. It isn't specifically named, but the individual is described as once having been in Absug's care. Uh, police in Parker, Colorado, first became aware of Absug's alleged plan in late September when her daughter told authorities that she had been discussing a kidnapping raid with other QAnon believers. She's an orc. She's going to raid. She has to raid. <laughs> uh -huh. yes. That's what they do. Yeah. She was going to ride a wolf in. Uh, it's going to be great. <laughs> Ahead of the rest yeah. of the group, screaming her own name. Oh, my God. A giant uh, John Podesta uh, boss that, like... 12 different where it's just wow like characters which like hundreds of yeah. demons explode out of tiny eggs and slaughter yeah. and yeah. everybody gets mad at her for running in first absug <laughs> according to a police affidavit absug's daughter told police that her mom was a committed qAnon believer who had been discussing how people from the qAnon group planned to kidnap the unnamed person Absug allegedly obtained a gun uh, of her own and talked about a person or group of people dying in a raid conducted by QAnon believers. Uh, police found QAnon gear at Absug's home, nice. including blue awareness bracelets promoting QAnon.pub and uh, at Storm is Upon Us. I'm sorry to interrupt, but are there Livestrong 2004 style bracelets yeah. Yeah. for QAnon? QAnon. Yep. Yes, yes yeah, there yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, they they had huh. there was a stash of those blue bracelets. They glow in the dark, by the way. They're, they're yeah, pretty nice. I yeah, have one. Travis has one from yeah. the rally. <laughs> oh, I want to get one. Awesome. According to that affidavit, Absuk allegedly stressed uh, her belief that people would be injured during the raid, as saying that they were quote evil Satan worshippers <laughs> and pedophiles end quote. <laughs> Absug's daughter also said that her mom typically only left the house to meet with fellow QAnon supporters. So, oh, so now it's a crime to have friends. So she's in deep, is what you're saying. She's in deep. She's hella pilled. I mean, basically, here's my broad theory of like what happened is that you know uh, a woman, possibly of special needs children, possibly struggling with mental health issues of her own, um, basically has her kid put in foster care, which you know sucks, and um, she gets red pilled on QAnon because this gives her an explanation of wh why this happened. Oh, the Colorado state uh, state CPS is evil, and they're uh, they're, they're going to traffic the child. Yeah, they're going to traffic the child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she goes on this QAnon media tour. She goes to Patriot Soapbox. Yeah. And she goes on the, all these channels, and then she. She yeah. basically she gets so fully radicalized that yeah. she plans to get. By the way, interesting thing about this is that she was uh, basically all did all this in Colorado and she moved to Montana. And apparently Montana authorities arrested her on a tip from the FBI, you know. Yeah. So uh, so the feds were interested in her case, apparently tracking her movements. Yeah. So she kind of did like the female side of a of a guy getting divorced, losing custody of his children, and joining the men's rights activist movement. Yeah, but yeah. for QAnon. Yeah, yeah. This is like a 
very gritty reboot of Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is, right, like, okay, on, on a serious note for a moment, right, like, I think what, one of the defining moments of the last sort of, what, 20 years has been, like, the absolute certainty that there is something wrong with society, whether that is people who have been protesting war um, only to see our country sort of go to disastrous wars again and again or protesting, like, ownership structures or whatever and sort of see that you have no democratic impact on anything. Or it's people who sort of who see society failing them in more personal ways, like someone who's not able to get mental health care and who can't, like, keep custody of their child or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's very strange to see people sort of be like, well... You know, obviously 9-11 was an inside job. Anyway, what's uh, the news? The Star Wars prequels, they sucked. It's like, well, hold on. You think that the country is either run by lizards or we're going to die in a nuclear war. And it's just so banal. It feels like QAnon has given people this way to access. I'm sure you guys have talked about this a lot before. I've even heard you talk about it before. But what I can't shake is the feeling that in the face of something that seems completely immovable, QAnon gives people something to organize around and to act upon in this common language that people can come together and understand, not that the state failed them in some sort of pastoral way, but rather that there is something they can do rather than just post about the new Star Wars movie. And that's, to me, what sort of is so scary about it. Yeah, it's going to the Renaissance Fair. It's a poli- it's political Ren Fair for them, you know? They go, they find yeah. purpose, even yeah. though it's like a, a kind of structured and, and designed experience. Yeah, and they're so ostracized yeah. by any and all other influences like in their natural life that they're just, they're pushed together with other QAnon believers. I mean, that's, that's what's the, the the, the, the kind of the saddest thing is that is that mm-hmm. the only way the only place you can go once you're fully pilled on QAnon is is into a circle with more QAnon people that will tell you that you're right and that yes your child has been has been taken by the Colorado state for child trafficking and that you have no choice but to go and take it back yeah. yourself because part of the LARP is this kind of spy action sort of thing and so you've got these people believing that they're in like you know a mission impossible movie and they're and they're gonna go and do stupid things I, I i hate to almost prefigure the next news story but the people who then become the political wing of QAnon, it doesn't matter if they're cynical and just know that there is this broad-based energy that they can exploit or if they're genuine believers themselves because the end result is is the same like exactly, it becomes yeah. impossible like it, it becomes doesn't, it doesn't matter to have publicly shared truth. Yeah, like every single QAnon conversion story is like has the same sort of like beginning. It's always like all my life I felt like something was amiss, or all my or for years I felt like something just wasn't right. Like it, like felt like everything was just sort of a lie. And then QAnon came along, and it was like all yeah, everything about reality, everything about the you know the the political class, everything about the Hollywood media, everything about that you see and perceive is all bullshit but we're going to give you an out we're going to give you the key to sort of see underneath the veil sort of sort of uh, understand what's really really going on yeah meanwhile for for genuine reasons the feeling of unreality is getting deeper yes so you got to keep explaining Mm -hmm. it and so yeah of course the hooks are the hooks are there for my next story uh QAnon candidate runs for congress in oregon
begins. So we have yet another QAnon candidate. Uh, her name is, this is another great name. You're going to like this one too. No. Is Joe Ray Perkins. Joe Ray Perkins. That's Joe fine. Ray, Joe Ab, and who else? Was, That's fine. Was the other? This person is just a collection of barbecue sauce names. Uh, <laughs> Abs, Absog, Jesse, Jane, Duff. You did this on purpose. Yeah. You just made up all of <laughs> no. these names because you all knew you were having someone on who wasn't real. American. Ah, Absalom so, Jimbug. If you want your child to not get red-pilled, give them a boring name. <laughs> so she is currently running to represent Oregon's uh, 4th Congressional District uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, she was even recently granted a verified account from Twitter. Fuck uh, yeah. So and yeah. she is nice. great. Fantastic. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And she is fully, fully pilled at, at, at recently after being ratioed for sharing a video from QAnon promoter praying medic on Twitter. Uh, Perkins responded by tweeting this. Did I strike a nerve for those who state Q is conspiracy? Rhetorical question for you. They all write, talk like this. It's so funny. Every time I read a fucking pro Q quote, it's it's. I can read it in that same QSN like shopping network voice because they're all they all talk the same. Sorry, uh, <clears throat> I hear it as anime. Yeah. <laughs> Did I strike a nerve? For those who state Q oh, is conspiracy. Oh, 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 rhetorical like question that. for you. What <laughs> what if you are wrong? If I am wrong, <laughs> then the mathematical improbability of coincidence has failed. We've been fed many lies for years. Are you too afraid to look behind the curtain? I am not. Oh, oh, oh. I think it's anime. Uh, hold on. C can I take one of those lines again? I think I think I may I may have the cadence. Yes, yes. yes go for it. Go. We've been fed many lies for years. Are you too afraid to look behind the curtain? I'm not. <laughs> No, no, sorry. I'm not. There it is, because it would it would have yeah. to keep going up because they're filling, they're they're filling they're filling time where they're speaking, and so they whenever they go up they stay up. This week on Anime Voice Acting Academy, we're your hosts. In an interview with uh, Jared Holt of Right Wing Watch, uh, Joe Ray Perkins talked about how open promotion of QAnon may affect her electoral chances. Oh, it's a very highly calculated risk that I'm taking. Most people play it a lot safer than I do. <laughs> it's either pure genius or pure insanity. It's one of the two. The voters are going to have to be the ones that make that decision. I like that basically this could <laughs> yes. this could apply to wearing a penis helmet or something. You know, like this it's yes. just like yeah, you're brave, I guess. Like you're doing a thing everyone's like creeped out by or doesn't really enjoy. <laughs> well, and how brave. Yeah, I guess, but we don't, we can't really judge quite yet. The election hasn't happened. So, uh this marks at least eight congressional candidates and one state level candidate who has uh, who openly promotes QAnon coming up for the 2020 crop. Yeah. So, should be a good year. Let's see if it's going to be a great year. Should be us. one of them oh, gets yeah. in. For us if yeah. one of them gets in. <laughs> oh, holy shit. <laughs> Can you imagine if Can a QAnon candidate yeah, wins? actually awesome. gets into Congress? What's it's gonna <laughs> it's, it, it's gonna, gonna be like an episode of The Simpsons? Like guys, we're gonna have to listen. We're gonna to run out of cement by filling in all those underground tunnels. <laughs> it's gonna suck. I tell you what I'm really excited about is I'm really excited for centrist Democrats to try to triangulate a QAnon person. <laughs> <laughs>
They're trying to micro-target them. Chuck Schumer locks himself in a jail cell and cams all his meals to prove he doesn't eat babies <laughs> over the course of years. We all have to adapt to the new situation. Near attendance, like, uh, sorry, who wins when we allow our elites to systematically abuse children all over the world? Uh, it starts with P and ends with an Uten. <laughs> and for my final story, uh, we have a new tally of how often Trump has boosted QAnon Twitter accounts. Uh, friend of the show, Alex Kaplan over at Media Matters, has been doing the hard work of calculating just how often Trump boosts uh, QAnon counts, and he uh, recently updated the total. According to the recent tally, Trump has amplified tweets from QAnon accounts at least 72 times via at least 58 individual accounts. Oh my God, you guys. 72? 58? Oh God. 7 plus 2 is nine okay plus eight is, is 17. 17 oh forget oh, about the pilled. five because that for five no, never was in there in the q <laughs> numerology <laughs> five did not it goes four to six four to six yeah. there's no five that's a red herring 17 <laughs> startups as conspiracy theories So um, this seems like a bit of an, an odd fit, but with my podcast talking so much about the tech industry and the way in which the tech industry operates as a kind of gigantic legalized fraud machine, I've come to see startups less as businesses and more as something that can be explained with the logic of conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories are powerful. They're, they're, they're powerful and they're seductive to people because they tug at this thread that things are going wrong and they're not in your control and there are people who are controlling them and they're not being controlled in your interest. And I think the tech industry is one of these things that's so unaccountable and so opaque and also is sort of so transparently fraudulent. It's one of these things that creates a lot of like verdant soil uh, for conspiracy theories to thrive in. So I'm going to start us off with a quote from Elaine Moore in the Financial Times. Hype is one of the tech sector's most magical qualities. Like Uber and Lyft, no one can say for sure whether its business actually works. So I want to start, though, with WeWork. It's one we all know. It's the basics. This quote is from the first page of their S1, which is the legal document companies have to file in order to trade on stock markets in the U.S. Quote, we dedicate this to the power of we, greater than any one of us, but inside each of us. Lovely stuff. I know. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's worth $47 billion. Shit like this has led people to talk about WeWork specifically as a cult of personality around its moronic founder, Adam Newman. But when you look at the business underlying it, then I think it's much more profitable sort of analytically to see WeWork not as a cult, but as one arm of a global conspiracy to like basically invent money. Now, before I get too much further into this, it will probably surprise no one to learn that I'm a Marxist, and the conspiracy I'm describing is basically also described in Capital, but not as a conspiracy, rather as the dynamics of a particular system. What I'm doing is taking Marx's discussion of how the capitalist system actually works and putting human faces on it and turning his systemic critique into a conspiracy theory, but that is very real and not very well obfuscated. So... We all know that WeWork had about a $47 billion valuation at the time of its IPO, but how it got there is, like I said, best understood 
as a conspiracy rather than just the normal operations of the market operating as it does. Spoiler alert, both of these things are true at once. SoftBank CEO Masayoshi Son. Now, SoftBank is like the main investor. It's the driver of a lot of the tech bubble, and we'll get back to it. But the CEO, Masayoshi Son, and WeWork CEO Newman met for less than 30 minutes back in 2016 before Son decided to invest in WeWork. This investment was to the tune of $10.7 billion, um, either from SoftBank's <laughs> coffers or from a separate fun- financing vehicle established by Son called the Vision Fund, which was $100 billion of money to invest in technology and specifically the companies that will invent the future. I hate when these people steal lines from Mark Fisher. Um, <laughs> but mainly, this money was from Saudi Arabia, who contributed about half. So when we say SoftBank, mostly what we mean is Saudi oil money being laundered through a kind of um, innovation language lorem ipsum. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Jake is... Uh, it's not working wow. with his brain. <laughs> oh, no. I gotta say. So basically... While WeWork had many investors, it was SoftBank's initial $2 billion investment round in January that secured WeWork its $47 billion valuation. So just for some, some context, WeWork's next biggest competitor, Regis, in terms of office space leasing, uh, was worth $12 billion, but had way more spaces under management and way more assets. WeWork's valuation was based almost entirely on vibes. <laughs> Which is everything's vibe now. Yeah, Politics, everything's vibes, vibes, economy, music, vibes. It's music. music has always been People vibes. People aren't even rapping anymore. They're just bleeping and blooping. In, and, many, in, and many ways, yeah. in many ways, music is the first vibes. Yeah, music is like yeah. so much vibes right now. Like... <laughs> slight digression here because a lot of times like the business news will talk about companies being valued at this or that but I think a lot of people don't know how that actually works Uh, what happens is uh, it's essentially the same mechanic as Dragon's Den or Shark Tank where you have a view of how much your business is worth they have a view of how much your business is worth and then they buy a certain percent of your business for a certain price and if they're reputable then your business is now widely considered to be worth that much so J.P. Morgan Chase and Goldman Sachs handled the day-to-day operations of launching the IPO, suggesting an even higher post-IPO valuation of 63 or $96 billion in terms of market capitalization. So here we have a firm <laughs> that is more into liabilities in terms of a percentage of its assets, but just has fewer everything overall than its next biggest competitor, but is valued at between four and eight to ten times as much. Wow. Uh, In the open market. Uh, And this is based on SoftBank, JP Morgan, and uh, Goldman Sachs. So what's this based on? So WeWork is a good example of the startup as a conspiracy theory because it didn't even have that value in theory. Like they couldn't even state their path to profitability or list any significant assets ever, ever, ever. It's bi- it didn't even own space. Its business model, in brief, was to take out long-term leases in some of the most expensive areas of the most expensive cities in the entire world, spruce up the spaces at least wholesale, and then retail those leases back to basically the most insecure people on the planet in terms of like job security. Or to startup, which rise and fall sort of every three days. So basically, so long as the economy had c- would continue to grow in that sector forever, they would probably be okay. But the moment there was going to be a contraction, the entire business would fall apart. Uh, this is how it was structured. It was structured this way. Yeah. So by the time of their IPO, they owed $47 billion, so their entire valuation, in future lease payments to building owners, but the actual revenue of people they had committed, so like every, if you added up every single signed lease that they had, was $4 billion. 
and no increase in revenue could make up for this as every dollar they earned cost two dollars to bring in. But Riley, you're forgetting, you're forgetting that when they went and pitched this, they were like, look, here's the vision. They were like a a life coach who is who is who is getting money from her parents to fund her life coaching business uh, she can rent an office space and feel like she has a legitimate business yes <laughs> right and, yes. and and that and that and that that kind of personality will make us wealthy beyond our wildest dreams and it's true the only people i know who fucking work at we work are these shitty life coaches that fucking yeah sorry are All you right. still addressing riley or you, yeah. you just no. seem on your own no i've been angry for 15 minutes since we've been talking about we work i wanted to get this point across i interrupted <laughs> riley to get it across at a point when it didn't make sense in the conversation <laughs> Yes, and now I'm turning it back over to you guys. Well, I gotta say, this is an incredibly <laughs> innovative way to lose massive amounts of money. Yeah. You know, like I've heard of ways to like you know lose lose money, but this 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 yes. way is uh, is is brand new, breaking new grounds. So. What if what if we drilled? Into the earth until the core, yes. and then found a way to make <laughs> pouring money into that crack <laughs> right. profitable. Oh, right. oh, I have a startup that we're going to talk about at the end that more or less does that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> So, to sum up their position, this is from the firm's actual S-1 filing on their statement of expected probability. Quote, We have a history of losses, and especially if we continue to grow at an accelerated rate, we may be unable to achieve profitability at a company level for the foreseeable future. Cool. So, in effect, we have a company which is basically a legal entity that owns almost nothing, or rather, it uh, owns a lot of leases, including the lease of its own legal name. At least we, from Adam Newman yes. himself personally, uh, for $5.9 million a year. Yes, he gave himself $6 million by registering the name to himself <laughs> and then leasing it to his company. Yes, Correct. $6 million for that great idea of ripping his own company off. Of we? Of we? That's yes. it? It's just we? You go, you can own that? Yeah. Well, what about yeah. the I, He does. I hate this world. Apple owns I. Uh, this guy owns we now. Uh, we're fucked, basically. It's great. It's like J.J. Abrams owning the plane crashing sound effect at the beginning of Lost. So he could, that was essentially yeah. the opening theme song, and he got paid by ASCAP again on top of his producing and, and writing fees and showrunner fees. What you don't know is that J.J. Abrams also owns the sound of the planes hitting the Twin Towers. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you have to remember about this, right, is. That we, Adam Newman's not trademarking the name we to funnel money from like some random investor. It's basically just Saudi oil money. Mm. So yeah. it's, so who's even defrauding who? Yeah. Um, because matter. you basically have to imagine that Adam Newman is personally in one of those like money centrifuges from like Chuck E. Cheese or whatever, <laughs> except the thing powering the money centrifuge is also destroying the planet. Interesting. Yeah. This is actually kind of a very QAnon thing because, you know, in QAnon, they believe that the, uh, the Saudi royal family is one of the three entities that controls the world, along with the Rothschilds and George Soros. And they believe that one of the ways that uh, the uh, Saudi Arabia controls the world is through investments in and basically technology. So, I mean, so that's literally right. the vision fund. That's literally the vision fund. Except yeah. the key hey, is they're right. wrong <laughs> because... 
they're 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 again they're right a little bit but they're wrong yeah. in substance mm-hmm. they're right a little bit because yes that's what they're trying to do but more more importantly what they need to do is practically profitably invest that money so but i'll explain the dynamics of that with marks sort of a little bit later but the key with, with softbank vision fund and the saudi investment in technology is to remember that all of it's shit and doesn't work so don't worry about it anyway uh i would say that losing enormous amounts of money right but nonetheless agreed through a, a set agreements of between opaque, high-level, and unaccountable people is best understood as a conspiracy. How does the actual functioning of the tech sector work in that it can continue delivering high returns to all of its elite players, whether that's the Vision Fund or the people running startups or whatever, uh, is, again, understood sort of in as, as a corollary to the modern art market. So how that works as like a tax... Um, tax laundering scheme. So I, a rich person and known art collector, have a banana taped to a wall. I have the banana appraised at some millions of dollars. The banana is now quote unquote worth some millions of dollars and I can sell it or I can donate it and then use it, enjoy a commensurate write down on my taxes. Art buyers, sellers, appraisers, and marketers effectively conspire to steal from the public. Nice. And much the same thing is happening with startups. Oh, by the way, that's literally how the modern art market works. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did. I learned Um, about it on the Kardashian show. Oh, God. um, Because uh, (laughs) Chloe and Uh Scott um, convince the mother, Chris, that a painting that Chloe has made, which is like, you know, absolute dog shit, is like really uh, from this very fancy artist and they right. gift it to the mother. She has it appraised and they appraise it at this like ridiculous fucking thing and it just goes to show you that all of this shit is made up and and it means nothing and nothing means anything. Yeah, and people yeah. would understand that if they watched the Kardashians. But, but you don't forget, it doesn't mean anything in terms of art, but it does mean something legally. Because that art is then officially appraised at that level, which means you can then borrow against it, you can lose it and write off your taxes, you can donate it and write off your taxes, or you can sell it to a sucker. Uh, But then that sucker has something that has been appraised at that level. So that's basically how the similar thing with this the similar thing with startups. WeWork was quote-unquote worth $47 billion because Masayoshi Son appraised it at $47 billion, and right up until the moment of the IPO, J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs just went along with him. They agreed that it was worth $47 billion, or maybe more, despite the fact that every single person involved knew that they didn't have any path to profitability at all. So firstly, you have to also understand that everybody in the highest level insulates themselves from losses. So SoftBank's investment was in, quote, preferred shares, which is a tranche not available to the public. So their money was first in, but first out. They invest, let the media hype and hype and hype and hype the company, say it's going to control- change the world, whatever, whatever, it's going to be- become a monopoly. And then they get to pull out first when the stock's a dog. JP Morgan and Goldman still stand to make all their money in transaction fees from handling the IPO. And so the thing is, if Adam Newman and his cronies had been 5% less clearly and transparently stupid and corrupt, then the IPO (laughs) would have gone ahead and these people would have all gotten paid while every retail investor got fucked and the autonomy takes another multi-billion dollar hammer blow in the form of another real estate bubble bursting, but centered around one fucking company. Yeah. So they're not good at ripping everybody off, so they fucked it up. Well, that's the, well, that's the thing. This one's not, but this one's the <laughs> stupidest one they did. Right. Imagine how many other ones are out there that are 5% less dumb. 
and in fact, we'll, we'll go on to some that are a little bit less dumb that are unraveling now. Why invest in such unprofitable companies? There are a couple connected reasons. One, if you don't make a profit, but you build market share, then you can become a monopolist, enjoy monopoly power, and charge monopoly rents. So, for example, Google and Facebook have become monopoly publishers because they didn't make very much money for a long time, and now they make money. Amazon became the monopoly retailer because it didn't make a lot of money for a long time, then made money. If you have enough money, like SoftBank does, with all of the Saudi oil money behind it, then they can afford to make tons of losses for a long time and then become a monopoly. Again, fortunately, their stupidity is their main saving grace, the fact that they're very bad at it. But also, in a low or negative interest rate world, they're quite simply, and this is where the Marxism comes in, isn't anywhere else to put that money that will outpace inflation. And so this is what we say the rate of profit has a tendency to fall. It means that you go further and further to chase profits that are harder and harder to come by. And since regular people don't have the money to spend on things, there's an awful lot of money, especially in oil-producing Gulf monarchies, that has to go somewhere. Consumers don't have the money to buy things like they used to. They don't have the money to buy cars like they used to. Like, and, like wages haven't risen, so people can't consume. So how are you going to find returns to capital if all the money is in the hands of capitalists? You need to find monopoly power so it can extract rents. And so all this money goes to Silicon Valley as VC money, laundered through prestigious firms like SoftBank. So WeWork wasn't so much a company as it was a kind of glorified checking account for the Saudis and Apple. Uh, Apple's another major investor in the Vision Fund, by the way, because Apple has so much money, they're also running out of places to put it. This is why the yeah, Vision Fund is necessary. Yeah, it's why the Vision Fund is necessary, because they actually have too much money and they need to lose some. And what you have then is you have collusion between venture capitalists and startup companies to basically just keep pumping money into them to protect those investments until they can be profitably recovered. So you basically agree between yourselves what the company is worth, and then you write down that number, and then it's worth that much. If you have enough money to put your to make that valuation real, then who's to challenge you? And like I was saying, there are a lot of companies out there that are about as corrupt as we work, but are also about 5% smarter and won't be as obvious about their corruption. And the SoftBank Vision Fund is basically a rogues gallery of them because of how it's managed. Why do we keep getting these useless startups getting ludicrous valuations despite never making any money? It's not a bug. It's a feature of the conspiracy because this story doesn't begin and end with WeWork. WeWork was like the bit of the conspiracy where the mask slips, but it's much bigger than that. The Vision Fund was launched by SoftBank in 2017 to invest in disruptive tech businesses, though, as ever with tech investing, it is mostly a vehicle for Saudi oil money. And specifically Saudi, not so much Qatari or Emirati, to invest itself. They tend to invest in property more. And this isn't limited to SoftBank. It includes every venture capital firm you've heard of and many you haven't. Y Combinator, Peter Thiel, Sequoia Capital, like Kleiner Perkins, all of it. Not This is not new. Every wave of venture capital in the U.S. has largely been about investing Saudi oil money. It's no coincidence that venture capital first took off as a category during the energy price crisis of the 1970s, when the U.S. and U.K., etc., entered like the age of secular low productivity. Because this money is going places and has to go somewhere. And all the QAnon people saying it's about control, like, they're not really right. That's not what the Saudis need. Capital just needs a return. And and venture capital as it is, because it's all about seeking monopolies, is one of the few ways that you can receive a dependable return in a secular low productivity economy. So what is it that the Vision Fund aims to do for the Saudis? Why invest in companies that don't do anything? This is from Bloomberg. 
The strategy that Masayoshi Son and his all-male phalanx of managing partners followed seems less about any specific technology than about placing large bets in the buzziest startups. But the real strategy behind the Vision Fund seems to involve another Masayoshi Son principle. Big money means big strategic advantages. The idea that festooning entrepreneurs with hundreds of millions of dollars and urging them to spend an exorbitant pace will scare off competitors and allow the Vision Fund to mint its own behemoths. No one wants to pick a fight with the crazy guy. And so that's basically what it is. It's just insanity, but we've agreed that it's fine. So I've got, I've got a, few, a few actual questions for you guys. What other WeWorks I've called this section? So we know they invested a total of about $11 billion in WeWork, $8 billion in Uber. Neither of these have made any money. And two of the below we've talked about in TF before, actually three, because I'm going to add one more. I'll leave you to guess what they do. The first one, OYO. The company is called OYO. What do you think they do? Uh, own own your oncologist. Own your Oreo. Own your Oreo. Own own your own. Own yeah. your own. It rents Oreos to people. Oh no! You're yep. You're right. On your own. It stands for on, on your, your own. own. Wow. Nice. Um, okay. Men's rights. What's uh, <laughs> yeah, what is it? Uh, so it's a men going their own way. No. So what it is is uh, it is a website. Uh, it's worth I think ten billion dollars. <laughs> it's a website. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, that aggregates uh, small hotels in India, China, and certain parts of the United States, uh, and some of Europe, has re- rebrands them with free breakfast and uh, its trademark black and red sheets, and then says, okay. you must give us over your rights of booking and your room booking software and your right to set prices. We'll guarantee your occupancy for about a year, and then you're on your own, but book through we'll handle all the booking we'll handle all the admin and we'll get you tons of business travelers hotels signed up to this en masse paid like a few thousand dollars to retrofit themselves but then the company just didn't produce any um business uh travelers and so now it's basically just shutting down hotels around the world at no benefit to anyone (laughs) (laughs) so er early i can't remember which one of you it was but earlier one of you mentioned that there would be one day be like a startup that's just shoveling money into a hole in the earth (laughs) this is it there we go baby there we go because what they've done is they've used saudi oil money and then apple's massive reserve of cash to pay hotels to turn off all of their booking and marketing um operations and then rebrand in an ugly way for about a year and And then and then fail yeah (laughs) so the startup is that we make hotels not work anymore yeah (laughs) yeah so they just put some red sheets i mean a lot of the uh a lot of the tech startup world is just like what if this industry didn't have labor laws that's (laughs) that's like their idea they're essentially their idea is like an old like man who shows up with like a like a magical stick and he's and and he's and he's like and he's like for one year you will be completely taken care of no matter what (laughs) what you have to do nothing except use our patented colored sheets yeah but all the business will be blessed unto you after one year i will disappear (laughs) and you will and you will be left and you will be left to continue the system on your own i have given you the head start and then like dis- <laughs> disappears in a fucking like you yeah. know pink mist. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I was always exactly. I was always told like the way to like uh, build this business is that you come up with a product or service that creates more value to people's lives than you have to invest in resources, right? right? And but this sounds like the the real way is to basically to 
tell a wild story to some Saudi billionaires about uh, yes. a, about how they're going to rule the world. Yes, the most the the, the richest yes. among us are just the troubadours who charm the Saudis. <laughs> oh, okay. In their tents. Oh, it's bard shit. It's bard shit. It's all bard shit. Yeah. Who, who uh, will it's carry all the stories? Toss a coin to your startup, <laughs> yeah. etc. Yes. Uh, I, mean, I have another one. I've got another one. I'm going to bust through a couple of these. Yeah. Compass. $400 million investment for a $6.4 billion valuation. What do we think Compass does? It's a network Quick of fire. hiking trails. Compass. It's like, um, I don't know. I'll bet it has to do with like fucking healthcare somehow. Uh, no, uh, the last last hint uh, is they recently released a press release that says um, why we aren't like WeWork. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Compass, they're a big, okay, so they're a big yeah. leasing, you know, for your startup company yes. can live inside their building, and it's a network of buildings, and they've got a cafeteria. Okay. Yeah. It's real estate related, so I'll tell you what it is. Um, it's another website, and they basically are trying to rebrand every local real estate agent in America to be higher end and to have uh, some predictive search functions on one single website. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it's worth $6.4 billion. But they can't keep any senior staff. Everyone keeps leaving, but they're sure they're not WeWork. So right. it's like an aggregate, it's like a real estate aggregation site. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, all of all of these have to be tech companies in some surface level way. So they with OYO, uh, what they do is they use machine learning to predict literally where portraits of Marilyn Monroe will increase um, income. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, that's that's no, it's not tech. a joke. That's something that they've did. They bragged about it. They said that it increases Lord. revenue by up to 10% in certain hotels. And Compass has some like uh, tools that they developed that, according to everyone who works with them, don't work. Here's one more. Uh, Zoom, spelled Z-U-M-E. 200 I'm million investment for a $4 billion valuation. Fuck, isn't this the fucking, this sounds like the Zoom, the Microsoft uh, version of the iPod. No, but this is no, Zoom. It's, uh, I know, I know it's not that. It is a, it's a diarrhea it's diaper. I'll tell you that. Zoom, it is a... A ray gun. Um, it is an artificial eyeball. It is a, a adventure. Uh, this is a, 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 an adventure lifestyle uh, travel agency. No, no. Uh, what it is is it's a van uh, that makes pizza while it drives. It's not. <laughs> they're not. S- <laughs> I think They're I played with this toy them. as a kid. This is the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, does it shoot it pizzas spins, out of the top of it? <laughs> so it started. It started as a a startup to deliver pizza in the Bay Area, but it makes the pizza while it drives to you. And these were famously yeah. awful pizzas, so it almost went out of business. It had one van left, and then the CEO <laughs> Alex Garden said he wanted to be quote the Amazon of food. Went to SoftBank, got hundreds of millions of dollars of investment, and now they have fourteen different projects going. Uh, one of which is actually to bring back serfdom, uh, called a Giga Farm. Uh, the only other product that they've actually delivered is uh, they spent two weeks trying to brainstorm what a better package for a pizza would be and came up with a circular package that they've sold to Pizza Hut. Wow, what if the box was round? Okay, moving on. <laughs> I do one more. Uh, WAG. Ah. 300 million, 300 million investment for a 650 million valuation. They were like, we need to own almost half this company. Dog Walker Social Network. Yep, correct. Correct, yes! that's what it is. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, this is now from, from, from press. This dog walking firm has since been through several chief executives and SoftBank was pressured to divest from it. 
<laughs> so what happened is like the scam stopped working because it got slightly too obvious. We all knew what WeWork was and then everyone who could like influence SoftBank was like, fucking stop it. Fucking stop it. But just as WeWork is only the tip of the SoftBank iceberg, SoftBank is only the tip of the VC iceberg. And basically, this is the best way to understand that the entire industry is more or less fraudulent. Because as much as we like to talk about it as a conspiracy, and I think I've made a pretty compelling case that it is, the most important thing really is that it's just marketing. It's contentless marketing designed to obfuscate one simple truth, which is that there is currently no profitability left in productivity. And without a massive redistribution of wealth downwards, it's just better now for the rich simply to invent money by agreement and then scam it from one another or more (laughs) frequently from the public en masse. And that's the conspiracy. And the reason that SoftBank in particular is melting down is they got slightly too obvious with what they were doing, but no other VC firm is that different and they all do this. Well, well, this is very depressing. Thank you for sharing all that. This is incredible. I'm going to quit the podcast. I give up. And yeah. I'm pretending people are worth being intelligent. I'm going to go ahead and just move to uh, Silicon Valley and I'm going to get a pile of magic beans, call it Bean IQ, and then yeah. sell it yeah. to a billion for a billion dollars. <laughs> and Riley, you were talking about how the, the point of starting these companies is to move towards monopoly, but it, it, it seems to me like they've kind of yeah. retro they've retrofitted that into their business plan. They're like, what if we had enough money to put a dome over the entire market and then tell everyone what to do for a year or whatever, you know? It's it's always just yeah. like, what if I had the resources to own all of you at once and I got to reorganize it like, like a child, like a bored child? There are a couple of things uh, of how to understand that, right? Number one, like that's kind of what SoftBank is doing. The idea is you become so big that you set the rules of your own of your own sector. So if WAG becomes the world's first billion-dollar dog-walking startup, it's allowed to set the price of what a dog walk costs, right? Like, that's that's the idea. And because SoftBank has enough capital, it can just invent monopolies. But the problem is, everyone's scamming one another. And so a lot of deeply incompetent or stupid people, so like Adam Newman, for example, interact with SoftBank in such a way that they actually have that much money and fail to become a monopolist because they're that dumb. Yeah. Yeah, when they can't even make the money work uh, like a club, you know, that's, yeah. it's brute force stuff, man. Like a lot of this, it's it's just wild. There's nothing subtle about it. Um, no, the whole point is chasing after monopolies because that's the only place the returns are. You know, you're not going to make any money selling widgets to, you know, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Thanks so much for preparing that that segment. I think it was uh, really, really interesting stuff. I know that Jake has Thank written you. a story of some sort. He claims it's not a story. It's more no, it's not a story. A I, ju- I started to think about a story. Yeah, I start. I mean, I started to think about a story, and then I was kind of reading through the episode, and I was like, man, this is giving me like a ton of ideas. And I thought maybe I would just kind of take a crack at my own startup. Oh, you're going to pitch? You're going to pitch? Yeah, us? I've got a little Ooh, bit cool. of a... Oh, okay, cool, All right. cool. All right, well, let's yeah. Let's see if let's, uh, we want to invest then. ...of a yeah. pitch here. I've actually, and I've actually just in the other room, I've assembled about 200 investors. I hope that's cool. That's I, fine, yeah. I, I yeah, coordinated with your wife. She said it was okay. Yeah, she loves investors. So they're all sitting mm-hmm. in the living room, so we can just kind of move yeah. the operation into there. So. Uh, I'm going to address everybody at once. Okay. Yeah. Good afternoon. When Joe M. asked me here today to give a speech about the exciting new horizons being explored 
at We Go All Solutions, I felt something that I hadn't felt in a long time. Genuine fear. <laughs> How can I, a moderately red-pilled at best civilian, even come close to capturing the courage, spirit, and patriotism of the founders of this amazing company that began just three years ago in Joe's auntie's garage with a single computer and a very slow internet connection. <laughs> it hasn't been easy. We've had to fight tooth and nail against social media giants like Twitter, Reddit, and YouTube just to get our product out there. If it weren't for great corporations like Facebook who have fiercely defended the free market these last couple of years, we might be closing up shop, sending good, hardworking people home to their families, unable to afford even standard high-speed internet. But the tides are shifting. A new generation and many older ones are wide awake, but millions, if not billions, of our fellow Americans are what some might say, AFK. <laughs> As I'm sure you know, multiple high-ranking politicians, including Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, will be captured in the coming days, and after what I'm sure will be quick trials, will be publicly executed. <laughs> there is nothing anyone can do to stop this, and soon after, the entire world will live in perfect harmony forever. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the storm has arrived. And with it, potentially millions of confused liberals unsure of where to go or what to do. Our studies show that when a human being's entire mental construct is systematically dismantled, they become overwhelmingly more depressed, less likely to work, and even less likely to keep their girlfriend or wife from cheating on them in front of them. <laughs> so how do you solve the problem? How do we treat confusion with compassion? What if we could help lost Americans reintegrate back into the culture with a love for their country and their God? What if I told you the folks at We Go All Solutions found the solution? Introducing Totoso. Totoso is a nationwide network of safe houses where stunned liberals can trickle in and be met by our kind, understanding Q ambassadors who will gently help them come to terms with the fact that the people they had been making fun of for three years had been right all along. And here's the really neat thing. We don't run the wellness centers. You do. That's right. Much like popular rideshare models, Totoso Q ambassadors can work right in the comfort of their own home and still be earning a paycheck. Signing up is as easy as downloading the app, create a profile, tell us what you're passionate about, and get paired up with a future patriot today. To get a little more in-depth, I want to bring to the stage our head of product, Riley Quinn. Riley, why don't you tell the audience what a typical liberal might experience upon entering one of our state-of-the-art Totoso safe houses? I'll do my best, Jake. Pop quiz, hotshot. I voted for Obama twice and just saw him executed in Guantanamo Bay live on television. What do I do? Well, first, I open Twitter to complain, and that's when I'm immediately hit with a targeted ad for Totoso. That's right, our marketing team has been hard at work, developing AI so complex, it can detect a snarky, meaningless tweet before it's even written. So what happens then? I click on the ad, and then what? So you click on the ad, 
you download our very simple to use app. And from there, you can see all the safe houses in your area because each is owned, operated, and run by our Q ambassadors. Each one will be a slightly different experience. That's right. When our ambassadors sign up on the host end of the app, they'll get to choose what aspect of QAnon they'd prefer to focus on in their sessions. Interested in the Q clock and Gematria? There's a safe house for that. Interested in extraterrestrials and flat earth? There's a safe house for that. So the guest will show up, cry for a little while, apologize profusely, and then typically our host and guest will engage in a calming activity, like fishing or playing video games, while the host unloads hours and hours of knowledge, allowing ample time for each guest to come to terms with how wrong they've always been. Fancy yourself a chef? Cook up a piting hot Dorito and Bologna sandwich and feed it to your guest while they cry in your lap. We've even partnered with Kleenex to make sure our hosts have everything they need to battle an endless stream of liberal tears. Now, is it singles only? Uh, what if a guest wanted to bring their girlfriend or wife? I am glad you asked, Jake. Because not only is Totoso aiming to be the world's number one peer-to-peer Q education platform, it also happens to be the world's number one <laughs> cuckold dating site. That's right. Certain hosts do offer premium cuckolding <laughs> services for you fellas that feel extra bad about being so wrong. Team up with one of our hundreds of cuck-friendly hosts and join the growing number of liberals feeling disrespected today. But enough about the vision. Let's talk numbers. As of today, our pre-sales for our soft launch in May are $1.7 million. About 4% of that revenue is a result of Pro-Q counseling, and the other 96% is from the <laughs> cuckolding services that Dotaso is proud to provide. In fact, the dating portion of our app accounts for approximately 98% of all Totoso's pre-sales. So much so, in fact, that the developers considered focusing entirely on the cuckolding space, but decided, no, we have got to educate about QAnon as well. But look, it's not enough for me to just stand here and tell you about it. You've got to see it for your own eyes. Travis, come on out. Now, Travis, what did you think of QAnon before attending one of Totoso's safe houses? Not ideal. And what do you think of it having spent just over 11 sessions with your host, Bart? Most ideal. And what would you say is your favorite part about QAnon now? Hmm, I like how real and true it is. And there you have it, folks. From not ideal to real and true and just 11 <laughs> sessions. You see, Totoso is not just a profitable thing to do, it's the humane thing to do. As dumb and smug as liberals were, we have to understand that they're people too and deserve to be brought from dark to light. So what are you waiting for? Join us today and you'll get to say a Totoso. Thank you. Wow, so really beautiful stuff. I don't, I'm not, I don't enjoy a lot that it sounds like uh, Travis is employing a system that you know to, of cuckolding, um, but but um, but I thought it was a nice flourish. Thank you. Uh, revenue continue to pour in uh, even in the turn of yeah. uh, the new decade, and uh, you know we'll see what the future holds for Totoso, I don't a wanna... Jake Rockatansky venture. Oh, your name's on it now. Okay, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it sounds to me at least like a three point eight billion dollar valuation is in order. I that. You're seriously undervaluing the company. I think 20 billion. The fact that we could educate and own 
every liberal in the country at the same time <laughs> on the same platform, yeah. we could not only make the world a better place, but we could also create our own space program. <laughs> Hosts have graciously yeah. offered their spare bedrooms, couches, and even rec rooms for confused liberals to stay in overnight for as long as they want forever. Absolutely gorgeous stuff. Uh, I'll be investing. I think Travis is looking very interested. The 200 people that were, I guess, hanging out with my wife uh, for a while there, for some reason, uh, are also deciding to invest. I can see them all screaming and tearing each other I apart. Will be you can find me on Twitter. Yeah. My DMs are open. Uh, I will be available yeah. to talk contracts and potential kickbacks for me personally yeah. uh, after right. the Good. presentation yeah. yeah thank you for that jake you've really inspired me to read your stories ahead of time before we do these episodes now and when they say uh how how could we have been so wrong he he, he ended up he ended up fucking us over i'll go <laughs> toe to so <laughs> bitch <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, Riley, uh, thank you so much for joining us for the episode. Can you tell our audience where to find your podcast and how to follow you? Yeah, thank you. Hey, thank you very much for having me and letting me expound my insane theories. Uh, before I go, I'd like to leave you with one thing. You don't need to be a conspiracist to understand the crisis of low productivity and capitalism and how elites uh, collude to basically solve it. But it's funny if you are but you could <laughs> just still just be a system be don't be a conspiracist be a systematic analyst we're better than conspiracies um but thank you very much for having me on i had a lot of fun you can find my podcast trash future wherever you find podcasts uh it's all one word you can subscribe it we've got a patreon like these guys five bucks a month it's what the it's what the market um, will bear apparently, and that's the the whole vibe. And so, where can people follow you on Twitter? I'm at Rala R A A L E H, uh, and Trash Future is at Trash Future Pod. Go listen, go follow, uh, and thanks again for joining us, Rali. <laughs> You can go to patreon.com slash anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month. It'll get you a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. There's over 50 of them currently. And when you subscribe, it helps us stay advertising free, which is obviously the way that we like it. Saturday, February 8th, we'll see us going to Los Angeles. We'll travel far to the city of Los Angeles, where we'll do a live show with Jake telling a live story with sound effects and music go to tickets.qanonanonymous.com i'll be making the sound effects with those. my mouth um okay. it's gonna be really cool yeah. new experience for everybody yeah absolutely i'm very excited to I, if i would i'd like to go see j-rock live in concert <laughs> <laughs> You should also get some merch. Uh, we have a brand new Mud Fossil University design with uh, a Mud Fossil University logo on the breast and then rocks on the back. Or you can get a full rocks down the front. It's a beautiful drawing. Go uh, and check that out at merch.qanonanonymous.com. There's plenty of other designs. We got stickers. We got pins. We got all the stuff. Go and check it out. Yeah, I'm browsing it now. You're, he's browsing it now. So at least there's one person on this podcast. Who's uh, I'll go to the side if you want me to, Julian. A liar. Okay, two people, I guess. Um, Jake, will you take us out with that beautiful tongue, the silver tongue of yours? Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto cue. There's a lot of evidence 
symbolism with Tom Hanks. I mean, you could go look at some of the work he's done. You can look at some of the skits he's done on Saturday Night Live. You can look at some of the movies he's been in. One of the first movies he did um, was something about a red shoe. I can't remember the title. Sorry. I'm sure you'll write it in the comments, but it was a movie about red shoes. We know that red shoes are significant, symbolic to the occult because they make leather red shoes out of baby's skin. Q wrote recently this. The f this actually, he reposted this. It's a duplicate drop. First indictment unsealed will trigger mass population awakening. First arrest will verify action and confirm future direction. They will fight, but you are ready. Marker 9Q. So a lot of anons are predicting that Tom Hanks will be the first unsealed, like big name unsealed indictment. You can also do a search in qmap.pub for the word big. And Q's mentioned the word big a lot, and he's mentioned the word big a lot recently. Well, Tom Hanks was in a movie, Big, and of course the movie is based off of basically pedophilia because he's a little kid in a grown man's body that ends up having a sexual relationship with a grown woman, and so that's creepy within itself. itself, itself, itself.